Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I'm about to run out of places to work because every time I go work somewhere, they know it's going to end up in a sermon. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Gary and Megan asked me to uh, look after their place while they were gone. And uh, <laughs> Megan told Gary, it'll probably end up in a sermon somehow. Well, one week. Yeah, it did. It ended up in a sermon, but it's a it's a good one. Uh I've got two coffee cups, so today might get a little western. I may be walking on this before it's over with. Um, so Gary and Megan went on a little road trip, and I took care of their cows and their horses for them. And uh, me and Christy went out there to check on the cows. And so we rode the first pasture, and I mean, just beautiful morning, kind of a little bit overcast. Just I mean, just a tad bit chilly for a West Texas cowboy. You know, it was like 75. And um, anyway, but it was just kind of a real still morning. Everything was great. I mean, there's no greater life than just, you know, getting your wife, and she's on Fiona. She hadn't rode Fiona in three years, and Fiona used to try to buck her off every time she got on it. So I said, nah, Fiona's a lot better now. She'll probably only try to try you one time. She's like, great. No, but Fiona was doing good, and I was riding a new horse. And so anyway, we got out at the first pasture, and, you know, we were going along, and I was telling her about this little fox that we had seen out there whenever Gary and Megan were showing and everything. And so Christy, boy, she's trying to eyeball for that little baby fox. She said, I've never seen a little fox. And so we didn't see it, but that's no big deal. But a beautiful morning for a ride. I'm with my sweetheart and just riding along and everything. We checked those cows. And uh, anyway, everything was doing great. And so we went back and we loaded up to go to the second pasture. And so we load up and we go to the second pasture and everything. And we pull right inside the gate and we unload the horses and everything. And we ride up a little ways. And I get off to go through this next gate and everything. And we're riding along there. And all of a sudden there was a mosquito. Get out, get out of here. Get out of here. And so Christy's kind of like riding behind me a little bit because my horse likes to walk fast. And Fiona's like, I'm only going to go if you make me. And so anyway, she's a little bit behind me and I hear her go, get out of here. And I was like, what's the matter? She goes, there's a mosquito. And I said, yeah, they're all over me. And suddenly where there was one, there were like 10. And we kept riding and we're about halfway to the next gate. And where there was 10, now there's a 100. And where there was a 100, now there's a 1,000. You think I'm joking, I'm not. I mean, I was literally, my hand was completely bloody because I was reaching up on my horse's neck and raking the mosquitoes off of it. And Christy goes, honey! And I turned around and she goes, look at my leg! You could not see her leg. That's how many mosquitoes. And so I kind of posted on Facebook, we went through the zombie mosquito lips, and people were like, oh, you should have used bug spray. We're not talking about just mosquitoes. We're talking about an apocalyptic event going around. And so, you know, I mean, even when you're married to the love of your life for so long, you want to be a tough cowboy. So you're like, oh, just suck it up, let's go. No, ah! (laughs) You're not supposed to run back to the trailer. (laughs) come on honey (laughs) is every man for himself so we get back to the trailer and these mosquitoes are everywhere everywhere and so anyway i jump out open the gate and everything and then we get back to the trailer and i jump up because i beat christy because she's still ah! she's still swatting the mosquitoes and fiona's like she's mad anyway she's always mad and so we get back we throw the horses in the trailer which there wasn't many mosquitoes by the trailer but they followed us. And so, anyway, we're going to jump. We hadn't checked the cows yet. We are going to jump in the truck 
And all of a sudden, I go to jump in, and I hear Christy going, And I'm like, what in the world? So I go over there thinking that I might have to give her the Heimlich maneuver or something. I mean Heim, not Hind, Heimlich maneuver. And so anyway, she is like just coughing. And I don't really know what to do, so I stood there and took it like a champ, you know. I was like, come to me, mosquitoes, I'll save my wife. They're all in my face and everything. I'm like, what's the matter with you? She goes, I suck one down my throat. <laughs> it's in my lungs. <laughs> I, I thought she's going to die. I did. And so anyway, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went and unhooked the trailer while she's dying. And, you know, just in case I had to drive to the emergency room, it'd be faster without the horses. And so I unhooked the trailer and everything. Fiona and that other horse were like, y'all all right out there? Thanks for putting us in here. There's just like one or two in here. Y'all are dying. And so, anyway, I'm battling them and I'm unhooking the trailer. I'm like, get in the truck, honey. Get in the truck. We jump in. And then it looked like World War Three in there. Ah, ah, up against the windows, we're battling mosquitoes. And then she's still hacking. I'm like, honey, do we need to go to the hospital? No! Uh, okay, we're going to go check the deal. So, anyway, we start driving. I am not cowboy enough to do mosquitoes, okay? There is just uh, no deal. But, you know, we got in the truck, spent about 45 minutes killing every last mosquito in the truck. You can look at my pa- uh, the driver's side window right there. There's, like, just, like, blood marks all over the place. And you can't leave one at this point. But all the scary part was, you've seen those zombie movies and everything? Where they're, like, up against the window. Oh, that's the way these mosquitoes were. It's like, golly, I mean, they were everywhere. It was crazy. Never seen anything like that in my life. So anyway, I got the big red truck, and here we drive. Here we go. I'm like, honey, will you get the gate? I'm just joking. I'm not that stupid. Honey, you stay right there and just hack up your lung. I'll get the gate. I even shut the door. I didn't even leave it open. Got out, opened the gate. Oh my gosh, it was, but we got up there and we were able to finish the job and, you know, no big deal. We just left, you know, ruts in Gary's pasture. Sorry, Gary. So probably won't ever get hired back there again, but anyway, it made for a good story. So it was God's will. Today's sermon is entitled Spiritual Malaria. And, you know, um, afterwards, I, I, uh, my dad called me and he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm pretty sure I have East and West Nile virus. And by the sound of it, Christy's got malaria. Fast onset malaria. Spiritual malaria. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, you don't hear me read out of the King James Version very much, um, just because I, I don't have the educational uh, level to really understand that a lot, but I love what this says in the New King James Version. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. It says, We bring every thought into captivity, to the obedience of Christ. We bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, what does that mean to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ? Have you ever thought how many negative thoughts are running through our brains every single day? Negative thoughts are like those mosquitoes. They may not seem like much, but when they pile up and when they pile up and whenever they pile up, they can become overwhelming. Not only can they be overwhelming, but they can be deadly. Um, mosquitoes, believe it or not, I, I was watching a deal with Griffin on the Discovery Channel or something, and it said, what is the most dangerous animal or, you know, something in the world? And so you're thinking, oh, man, it has to be a llama. And I know that's what y'all were thinking. <laughs> it has to be a shaved llama. 
Because those things are scary. That was like number 10, I think. Maybe it was number 11. I didn't see it on the countdown, but I think it was number 11. Right behind shaved alpacas. Okay? Those things are crazy. But anyway, number one, the most deadly animal in the world, not that it's an animal, it's a bug, is a mosquito. Responsible for more human deaths than anything. But I'm telling you that negative thinking is the same way. You know, negative thinking, have you ever been like going along, all of a sudden that thought gets in your head and you're like, where in the world did that come from? I must be one sick cookie. I mean, think about it. You know, sometimes you're like, uh, did y'all see that picture that I posted on Facebook that said, this is the way you look when you want to throat punch somebody, but you're trying to get right with the Lord. You know, I mean, sometimes you have these negative thoughts that just come out of nowhere and you're like, what in the world? I was, I'm going to be honest with you, I was plagued by them Friday night at the Bronc riding where, how many of y'all saw Griffin ride? Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. But it wasn't just Griffin. Uh, we, uh, we sponsored, uh, Griffin and we sponsored, uh, Clyde Boljack and Coy Pennington, and all three of them uh, just did fantastic. Coy's got a mark. <laughs> he got out there, and that horse took a big old jump. He landed right on that saddle horn. Boo! <laughs> it looked like somebody had taken some sandpaper and just gone all over his belly right there. So he goes, I thought I was going to throw up. But anyway, at the bronc riding, you know, it was supposed to be a good day. Griffin was riding his first bronc. Dad was real excited. But Christy kept asking me, what's wrong? I was being played by like these thoughts of, well, if Griffin gets hurt, it's going to be your fault. And just, I mean, just all of these, I mean, I was under seriously spiritual attack of just all this negative thinking and negative thinking. Well, you know, that where do you think that negative thinking comes from? I mean, it's sent by Satan himself. Because especially with believers, the thing that Jesus himself said this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He will try to steal your joy as much as he can. And on one of the greatest days, Griffin is riding his first bronc. He's in his dad's saddle. He's, he's using his dog's... Cara's uh, collar is a night latch. He's wearing my boots with my spurs and even had my hat on. This was a, one of the greatest days of my life. But Satan was working on me, working on me, working on me. And you know, one of the most uh, successful attacks that Satan will do to invade your mind is he will use the same voice that you hear all the time. He can disguise that voice to sound just like your own and he will plant a thought in first person. He will say, I know that if Griffin gets hurt, it's going to be my fault. And it sounds just like a thought that I might have because it's in that same voice. And all of a sudden, what is turning into the best day of my life, one of the best days of my life, now I'm just walking around not even sure what in the heck is going on. Just a spiritual attack, and it happens all the time. Negative thoughts are everywhere, just like those mosquitoes were. But you know what? You think about this. You think about emotions. I want you to understand something, okay? Now, I know this, this may be a little bit difficult and stuff like that, but did you know that your emotions are nothing more than a physical response to the thoughts that are going through your head? You think about that. I mean, if you're thinking about butterflies and unicorns and kisses made of Skittles and stuff like that, man, you're liable to be in a happy mood. You know, everything's good and everything. But if you wake up in a bad mood, you ever seen one of those coworkers at work? You know, it doesn't matter if they're real happy. They're like, smile, la, 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 la. And then if they're in a bad mood, like, oh, what are you smiling about? You know, just let emotions run them. Well, our emotions are warning signs. God gave us emotions so that we could gauge where our thoughts were. Where our thoughts were. You know, and, and you, you might think, well, what about thoughts? I mean, are they that big of a deal? I think that they're a great big deal because Paul said, 
uh, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, your heart is where Jesus resides, you know, the center of our soul and everything. But think about it, man, your heart is probably going to go where your mind is at. When your mind is on Christ and everything, you're going to go that way. But if your mind is just filled with negativity and guilt and anger and, and malice and just shame, whatever the case may be, and that's where your, your emotions are going to go and everything. Emotions are just a reaction to the thoughts that are running through our mind. And that's why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we bring every thought into t- captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you keep your mind on Christ, And that's where your heart is going to go. But you think about it, how much of an onslaught, how many times do we watch the news and there's just, well, we don't got any bad news, so we're just going to cover good news today. There's no good news. There's no such thing as that on on the TV stations. It's all bad, all bad, all bad. And when you go to... Man, people are talking and talking about people and just, did you know what so-and-so did? I mean, just the negativity and the negative thoughts that are placed in our mind just from outside is one thing, and then you got the devil working on you from the other side. It's no wonder that Christians are miserable because they don't know. They don't know. We must recognize every thought and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What do I mean by that? You know, whenever those mosquitoes were after me and Christy, we went to a big red truck and got inside it and we were protected. You know what the blood of Christ that he shed on the cross? That's your big red truck. You get in that. We are made right with God through the blood of Christ because of His sacrifice. He lived a perfect life. And whenever we come to Him and we allow Him to be our strength and we allow Him to be our refuge, that doesn't mean that a few won't get in. But that's not His fault. That's ours. We left the door open too long or something like that. But it's a lot easier to deal with one or two negative thoughts while you're in the big red truck than it is standing out there all by yourself. A lot of people might say, well, you know, let's just take it to an extreme. Emotions are a physical reaction to the thoughts that are on our head. Did you know that even when a loved one dies, that that does not make you sad? It doesn't. Because if, if somebody you cared about passed away and their death made you sad, then the second that that person's heart stopped beating, you would become sad. You might not know why, but you would become instantly sad. No, most of the time we don't become sad until we hear about it, until we start thinking about it. Studies actually show, and these, and, and, and I, I firmly believe this, that the physical reaction to shock, even with bad news and everything, that the body... That will usually last about 20 minutes. Anything longer than 20 minutes, even in the event of a death or something like that, anything beyond 20 minutes is self-inflicted. I know people, I myself have been, that we just beat ourselves up over something bad because we sit there and we think about it, we think about it, we think about it, we think about it. And God is like, um, <clears throat> let's say you're thinking about that, you're going over and over and over and over and over and over and over it, and I don't even know what you're fretting over because I've already forgotten it. Because of my son... I will remember your sins no more. So you are sitting there beating yourself up. And sometimes I think that we think that if we feel bad enough about something or if we ponder on something and and hurt ourselves long enough that somehow we can make up for it. That's dumb. Jesus said, I have come that you may have peace and joy. If you're not feeling peace and joy, and I'm not talking about skip to Malou and playing Red Rover, Red Rover. I'm not talking about that. But if we are not at peace, that is a warning sign that we need to get back with God. Get back to the blood. Get back to the big red truck. You know, one of the last things Jesus said on the cross, right before He gave up His Spirit, He said, It is finished. He finished His job. 
on the cross. Now, what does that mean when he finished the job? It is finished. What he was talking about is he paid the penalty for all of our sins, all of our big fancy church word transgressions. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He did everything for us, and now that's why we are saved by grace through faith, not by what we can do. See, the law was always the hands of what man does. It was The law was a basically a checklist. Well, if you want to get to heaven on your own, here's your checklist. And if you mess up one time, you go back to the beginning. Jesus came, and he was the only one able to run that full race without ever going back to the beginning. And when he got through it, he brought us with him for those that believe on, in him. So whenever we say, whenever Jesus says, it is finished, that is whenever the curtain was torn in two, that now we have complete access to God through Jesus Christ. Every work that has ever been done was done on that cross for me and you. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the patience comes from. That's where the fruit comes from. I hate it when people think that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, and those things, those aren't things that we do. Those things are the result of what He did, not what we do. Jesus' work on the cross finished the law. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came because God's law said, if anybody wants to get into heaven, they must do this. Well, he did all that for us and then was offered as the final sacrifice. So what is the difference between Jesus' work on the cross and just positive thinking? You think about this. There are a multi-billion dollar industry about positive thinking. Positive thinking. Boy, you know, I mean, you can go to seminars to learn how to beef yourself up and the power of positive thinking. And I'm not really criticizing any of that. So if any of you are self-help book gurus and stuff like that, I've read some of them. They've got a lot of good information. Once again, a self-help book is going to tell you what to do. But whenever we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, it is not about what we do. It's about what He did. You think about that because that's why I like this new King James Version right here. Notice it says, we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Who was the only one that was able to obey God 100%? That was His Son. It is about how He obeyed, and whenever we just come to Him, and we don't concentrate on thinking positive and everything, the only thing that we have to do is to think about Him. Think about His finished work and all the promises that He gave us. Instead of running around right outside the truck, swatting at every negative thought, He says, just come in here and get with me and everything's going to be okay. How do I know that? Because in uh, John 15, 5-8, listen to this. Jesus says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, those who remain in me and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me... Okay, I want, when I read this sentence, I want to clarify one thing, okay? It says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. God does not do that. God does not send people to hell. He saves those that come to Him, and the fire overtakes those that did not want to be saved. Jesus' only deal, I, you read in the Scriptures, He said, Why did I come? I came to save sinners. God saves people. He doesn't send people to hell. But if you don't want to be saved, there's a prescribed burn coming to this pasture. 
And Jesus is trying as good as he... I mean, he went to the sins so that we could live forever with him. He did everything and more to save us, but he will not make you come to him. But only in him can we be saved. So when it says, um, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers, such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Man, if we go to try to, if, if Gary's going to do a prescribed burn out of his pasture, we're going to go out there and we're going to get every cow off of there. But when they light the fire and, and there was one that we couldn't get, well, it's just part of it. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But, now we're getting back to the good stuff. But if you remain... Y'all know what a good news sandwich is? <laughs> You're supposed to like be positive and then you kind of give the bad news and then the positive again. This is the best il- biblical illustration of a good news sandwich. Um, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is the good news. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. This is the hard part. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now we're back to the good news. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This, this brings great glory to my Father. That is good news. Are you plagued by negative thinking? I mean, nobody knows it but you. Do you find yourself a lot of days just, why me? Or have you ever thought this? Is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to end? You know, life is tough. But is it life or are you succumbing to Satan's attacks on your mind of negative thinking? Are you being overwhelmed by little bitty life suckers that come in and just suck you dry of the life and vitality that Christ promised? I think more often than not, all of us are. Now, I'm not talking about uh, you know doing some abracadabra and suddenly we're just going to be happy, happy, happy all the time, all the time. It doesn't happen like that. But you know what? We need to be made aware that when our emotions start coming into, we start that negativity where it just seems like something's wrong. You've got to recognize that that is an attack on you. Our job... Positive thinking just relies on our own works. And you know those, why do you think it's a billion dollar industry? Because if it worked so well, there'd only need to be one book, right? So they keep rewriting the same book in a different way all the time, all the time. Or it's not the same book, different books on all of this stuff. Because none of it actually works. It works for a little while, but then you fall back down. Just like the law. It works for a little while, you fall down. It works for a little while, you fall down. That's positive thinking. But when you bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, there's only one book that that comes from. And that book is guaranteed to work. Positive thinking relies on your work. Bringing our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ relies on His finished work of the Christ of the cross. You know, last night... There was some things that happened right before I went to bed. Got a few texts and stuff like that. And immediately the devil started working on me. Just pow, 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 pow. And so I thought, man, I'm preaching on negative thinking and and all of this stuff. So, man, how how do I even put this into practice? You know what I did? I'm not going to try to make some cool cowboy illustration out of this. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. And I fell asleep and had one of the best night's sleeps I've had in months. I closed my eyes and I said, God, you know exactly what's going on here, but I want to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I repeated that over and over and over, pictured that cross right there. 
And that's all I remember until I woke up this morning next to my beautiful wife. That's how it works. It wasn't no hocus pocus. It was putting my mind abiding in Christ upon His finished work of the cross. How to avoid spiritual malaria. Does it? Does that just kind of feel like your life sometimes? You get up in the morning, you go out to the pasture, wherever it is that you work, and everything's going along good, and then all of a sudden there's one negative thought, there's two negative thoughts, there's three negative thoughts, and before you know it, you were covered up, your day is ruined, you're choking to death on the negativity that is invading your life. How do you avoid that? When you find yourself surrounded by negative thoughts, it's a sign that you need to get back to Christ. You need to get back to that cross. He said it. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. And those negative thinking, those emotions that start crossing our minds is a key for us to get back. Don't get choked up on little things that Satan sends against you to ruin your day. But it'll happen. It'll happen when you least expect it. You won't see it coming. I mean, just like the mosquito. You think Christy saw it coming and went, No! And here's the other thing. You know, a lot of times that negative thinking will choke you up when your mouth is open. Hi, this is Lovey Weatherby. I call myself the worst preacher's wife ever, but Kevin calls me his better half. Confused yet? Well, you shouldn't be. All you need to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and you can find links to our live church broadcast each Sunday morning. Or you can go back and listen to this service or any others that you missed. Did you know my man is the author of four books? You can find them all, as well as sermons on CD, by clicking on the store link at SaveTheCowboy.com. On behalf of Kevin and Save the Cowboy, thanks for listening. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.